Welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth building challenges involved in your financial life. Welcome back to the Agent of Wealth. This is your host, Mark Bowdis. On today's show, I'm joined by a special guest, Anand Bala. Anand is a heart-based meditation consistency coach that helps founders, CXOs, and other business professionals achieve their professional goals to attain uncommon growth. Also referred to as the growth coach, Anand pulls from over three decades of meditation experience when working with clients to sharpen their self-leadership skills, make informed decisions, and drive their business towards unparalleled heights. His tech-savvy approach to coaching incorporates his 25-plus years of information technology experience. Today, we'll discuss the inherent link between personal development and company growth and how meditation can be used as a tool for business growth. Anand, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. So I think today's discussion will be beneficial to this podcast audience. We have a lot of listeners who are entrepreneurs and business owners, just like I am. Maybe you can start off, just explain some of the benefits of meditation in day-to-day life. Yes, I'll give a brief overview. So there are many types of meditation, and the particular type of meditation that I've been practicing is called the heartfulness, and it's heart-based meditation. That's why I call it that. From personal experience, I, both my professional and personal life, what I have found is as soon as I do that first thing in the morning, even if it's for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or whatever the time duration might be, my clarity and my deeper insight into the entire life for the whole day changes if I do it. So the days that I don't do meditation versus the day I do meditation. So it's almost like it sets the entire compass for the day and helps me to be much more efficient in pretty much, you know, whatever decisions that I make and, you know, how I can approach people and how I can connect with them. All of the changes based on my meditation practice. Can you maybe give a little bit of background on what heart-based meditation is compared to some of the other types that are out there and what makes it different? Yeah. So there are many types of meditation. You might have, when you hear, hear the word meditation, there are maybe around thousands of different types of definitions and systems that are out there. Uh, the particular one that I'm following, as I said, is Heartfulness Meditation, and the website is heartfulness.org. And it has been out there for about 150 plus years. And there is a spiritual guide, right? So it's not just a system. It has a backing of a guide who is present, who is available. Um, so the difference being here, we you know, make a supposition that there is like a source of divine light that is present in our heart just before we start the meditation. We don't use any music. We just go with that particular supposition that I gave. And it's available actually for free. You could go right now to YouTube and search for it. You will find a video on that. And uh, the difference being we don't meditate on any particular other location on the body, right? Like the forehead, there are systems where they meditate on nose, here, we don't say like, you know, we don't touch anything like saying, hey, this is the heart. This is where we're meditating. We just go by an intention. We set an intention and we just say like, you know, we are meditating on the source of divine light in the heart. And we just let it go flow naturally. And uh, we don't fight any thoughts and we don't try to concentrate or force the 
not to get to like a thoughtless state of the mind. That's not the intention here. We just let the mind play out whatever the thoughts might be. We just don't pay attention to them. There are too many thoughts that keep coming up. Uh, we just go back to the supposition to say, hey, I'm still meditating on the source of divine light in the heart. That's what makes it different. And you mentioned that I guess someone could find it in, at YouTube or, or some other places. Do you still use like a, a YouTube video or, or an app or something to do it? Or is that not needed? To start off with, yes, you can use a YouTube video. And there is even an app called Arts App. What I'm planning to do, like the starting in a few weeks from now, is going to have like a guided meditation session. Uh, where I can help is from my 30 plus years of experience of doing it. Uh, I know the pitfalls of how people start and they stop and they don't be, you know, they're not consistent with it and they don't see the value out of it. Um, so you could, yes, you could go to YouTube any day and do it. And you don't need the meditation video after a while. If you're really consistent about doing it, you don't really need, right? You can just, uh, you know, have your own practice and go with it. But where all these systems and these videos and all these things help is when you're trying to like, you know, when you uh, have difficulties meditating or if you need some guidance, uh, that is where, you know, people like me, uh, you know, I'm not an official trainer, but uh, I can help. Having seen and been through all of this, I can help people with, you know, any questions because there will be questions as you keep practicing. You mentioned some of the pitfalls of like starting, stopping. I've seen not with meditation specifically, but with anything, the hardest thing is for someone to take that first step and do it. And some people, I think there's various reasons. I think even some people hear meditation, and they're like, I'm not doing that. That can't help me. What are some of the tips you have for someone to take that first step? Most of the time, that's what you hear. People say, I don't have time for this, right? So what we do say basically is to start off with at least give it five minutes. Whatever time that you wake up in the morning, if you set an alarm, just try to set it like 10 minutes prior to that time. Try to at least give five to 10 minutes and just, you know, experiment with it. Uh, so just like any other thing that you would try, you know, just give it a try. Because as my guide kind of says, right, the duration really doesn't matter. It is more of the attitude that you put into it. So to get to like, you know, we kind of get, start with any like anything else, right, like baby steps. Uh, we start with the 21 day practice. Like they say, like any habit, you at least need to do it for 21 days to make it a real habit. So we say, hey, try to meditate at least five to seven minutes and try to journal it, right? Try to just say, like, just give it five to seven minutes. And right after that, try to write down what you felt or even not just during the meditation, but even afterwards during the day, if you felt you're peaceful or whatever feelings that arise out of it, just, you know, that's what we usually say, like give it very short amount of time uh, because the duration really doesn't matter. Going back to some of the, the benefits of this, and even specifically to uh, an entrepreneur or someone, what can this help with in their day-to-day -day life of running a business? Yeah, so where this would really help after you have started, again, it comes only with practice, right? So that's why the key thing is to not stop once you have started it for at least minimum of 90 days. I know it's a long number, but the actual meditative practice along with journaling uh, is where you see that you get into like an introspective mindset where your entire mindset and the way you think and approach a problem, uh, like a decision-making, right? Your actual decision-making process changes and you only see that after a while. So that's why the key thing is to keep going with it uh, because when you just do it for a short period of time and you, that's why you don't want to start and stop. Uh, 
So as long as you keep doing it for at least that 21 days to start off with and try to make it double of that time. And if you keep uh, introspecting and writing things down and trying to apply that also, like as you go about your day, your thought process, whatever you might be doing, your meetings, right? Try to take that condition, right? That meditative condition that gets given to you like in the morning. Try to carry that condition with you and then you will see that actually things do change. I have seen personally is my decision making has changed by the way I approach the business problem has changed and the way I connect with people has changed, right? I have a deeper connection with them. Go beyond uh, money making attitudes, right? I don't, I just don't focus on, yes, I need to make money. I need to make a million, whatever it might be. But I'm also focused on how can I connect deeply with folks? They might be professionals in my own business or they might be people that I work with, my customers, whoever it might be. It really helps you to change the mindset and the approach and the focus areas. Yeah, I know you mentioned like that 90 days. Would someone see a difference in their journal from day one to day 90? But how can someone see the progress that they make? Because I think a lot of times progress or change, it's extra motivation to continue or to even take it a step further. Yes, I can say from my personal experience, to give an example without going into too much details, I started off, let's say, five years ago. Again, I wasn't regular. I used to, like I say, when I say 30 days, I have gone, that's why I say I've gone through the pitfalls of start, stop, start, stop myself. But five years ago, when I made like a determination, like, you know, like a challenge, and I said, that's when I first took this 90-day challenge. And I said, you know what, I'm not going to stop for the first 45 days. I will not stop even for a day. And I made, I used an app called Abit Bull uh, to make it a habit. So when I did that and I started journaling and I day one, day two, day three, whatever it might be, I would meditate at different timings. I would try like nighttime, daytime, early morning, all of that. By exactly about 31 days after I started doing this daily, there was an actual spiritual experience that happened. That's the day that things change for me. Uh, when I saw that, okay, this is not just a fluke. Something happened on that particular day, on the 31st day after the practice started, uh, which kind of proved to me that this is the possibility. So that's what happened. The journal is the most important because my guide basically says that to once you start journaling properly and you write, start writing things down, uh, that almost is like a progress report. You don't have to go back to anybody outside to ask whether you're progressing or whether things are happening for you. So that's why he says that is almost like you can call it like a lab report. Uh, you know, your journal is your report, right? You just write it down and you have, you see the progress. When you go back to day one, and that's why it's best to go back after 90 days to see like, hey, where did I start this journey? That's when you realize how far you have come. One of the things that I've heard that where people have trouble with meditation is that, you know, they try and meditate and then, you know, business owners, anyone basically is stressed and there's lots of things, thoughts going through and they can never get into a state where they say meditation actually helps. But I think one of the things you mentioned earlier was that apart from this meditation, you don't have to get into that kind of free mind state. Yeah, we don't force the mind to not think because we pretty much go with the natural approach of the mind was designed to think, right? So we never block there are some systems of meditation where they try to block the mind and numb it completely to not have any thoughts. But in heartfulness, we don't do that. So we have what we have is a second tool, right, to help with the thoughts. 
uh, meditation again is one tool. So it's almost like a Swiss Army knife. There is a second tool called cleansing, artfulness cleansing, which you do it in the evening time for again, to go from 10 to 15 minutes max, where what happens is whatever, uh, and we go with the natural cycle. We try to meditate in the morning and we do try to do this cleansing in the evenings after work. So what we have found, right, with the cyclical approach, the thoughts don't come up as long as you have done your cleansing the previous evening. Um, the thoughts really die down. They're already not a part of your consciousness. And it does help a lot. And, uh, you know, with not having that many thoughts. But then if you for, let's say, for example, today I have a major like this interview, right? Major presentation. I have an interview. I need to be ready for it. You know, those kind of thoughts will come. And if you have some major deadline. Uh, that you're going to be facing today if you have a major exam or you're taking like you're going and meeting some major client and there is so much to be deciding about those kind of thoughts will come and what I have found personally is I do get some solutions to my problems also during meditation so that's why we never force it to not have any thoughts and we let it flow naturally and as much as possible, we try not to make any you know, attention to it. But there are some days where I just cannot meditate, right? I'm like, you know, all I get are thoughts. So then what I do, what do I do is I basically try to take a break. I say like, you know what, five minutes, I'm just going to open my eyes and not meditate. I just, you know, be chill and then retry it after some time. Or sometimes I just wake up. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I can't meditate anymore. So that's why we leave it uh, naturally. We don't force it because you don't want to ever force the mind um, to not have thoughts because then it's completely an opposite effect where you are completely not meditating. All you're doing is concentrating on the mind to not have thoughts. And guess what? You completely miss the purpose of the entire meditation itself. And now I know, you know we've been talking about heartfulness meditation. It, does, do people get to the point where adding in other types can help? You know, some people will use meditation for sleep. Some people will use, I mean, there's all different reasons why people use meditation. Do you recommend you just do heartfulness meditation or that other types of meditation can help as well in conjunction with it? So what uh, we, uh, we advocate is trying to do it just that, right? Don't mix and match the systems. And again, at the same time, we are not saying don't go to like the church or like things like that, religious practices, whatever you're doing, that's fine. But as much as possible, try to just do one type for those 90 days and just record that in your journal and then make your determination. And of course, any clarifications and any doubts, you can always reach out to people like me. And is the thought behind the 90 days that if someone can do this for 90 days, it's developed as a habit and they're probably at that point where they're seeing the benefits and it just becomes stronger and stronger and ingrained more? Yes. Yeah. What happens? Yeah. Once you do it for 90 days, there is even a tracker that I share with my folks on LinkedIn uh, to keep track of it, like a Google Sheets. Once you do that and once you have done that for those 90 days, you see things opening up and you don't stop. You basically, what we have seen in the past is people just keep going. It comes second nature to you and you just keep going on. It's just like going to the gym or any other thing that you do consistently every single day. That's why we say like, try it, see for yourself. Now, during an engagement with clients, how do you help someone with this 90-day challenge? And then also... As a growth coach, what other things are you incorporating into your, you know, your coaching engagements? As a meditative success coach, starting from September 6th onwards, Wednesday at 8 a.m. Central, 
I'll be taking a 90-day challenge. So what I'm doing is it's not going to be on weekends, but on weekdays, I'm going to be available at 8 a.m. and to kind of start this meditation practice and share the tracker with everyone. And as a growth coach, what I'm also I'm doing is designing a course. I'll be launching it in first week of Feb of next year. It is going to be like a spiritual entrepreneur type of course where I am inculcating heartfulness meditation practices along with becoming a better business person. I'm also, I have a complimentary service of a 20-minute consultation with my clients to just kind of start finding out what their day-to-day challenges are in their business and how can a meditative lifestyle help them. From that point forward, I also offer one-on-one coaching. But it just starts off with the complimentary session and along with it, then it moves on to a discovery session where I go deeper into how a meditative lifestyle can help them you know, achieve their uncommon growth. And the long-term plan is the course, the actual course that I'd be launching. Now, I know you mentioned um, heartfulness meditation can help with business you know, decisions. It can help with deepen relationships or have better relationships. What else um, or, or you know, some of the problems that people have come to you and been able to solve? There have been cases where people are, you know, like for their decision-making or even, for example, anger management or, you know, what we call it called heartful communication. So folks have come to me uh, where they want to, like, kind of talk about, you know, how they are not able to connect with others properly or even make the decisions in their, uh, you know, in their businesses on a day-to-day basis. They're having trouble being focused or being concentrating on their task at hand. And that is where we work through a process of this meditative, um, you know, channelizing their energy through the heart for this meditation. And for a beginner, what's the best way to get started? I think it would be better for them to come to my, so I have that September 6th as a starting point. Along with that, I'll be using a book called Designing Destiny. That actually is like a foundation which talks about everything that I'm talking about right now. So that book is also, uh, again, anybody can go look at that book and you know buy it. But part of this 90 Days Challenge, I'll be using that book as a framework to build upon it. And as they take this journey with me, it's going to be like a process right initially the first few days i don't expect too many people to join but as it will be a consistent event going forward i do expect a community of people coming in and joining and that's where you will find that there is a group of people meditating at the same time together individually meditating is one thing but then when you do this together with a group of people you see the value actually it is exponentially better than just doing it on your own for a beginner, I highly suggest that they come to my uh, sessions starting on September 6th, and uh, that way they will have the best uh, experience. Well, that sounds great. And now we're just about out of time. I'd like to thank you for being on the show. You gave some great info on how entrepreneurs, business owners can incorporate uh, heartfulness meditation into their lives. How best can someone find out more about you and then maybe also about that webinar starting on September 6th? Uh, so they can come to my LinkedIn profile. It will all be there on my profile. And there's also my website, uh, www.growthcoach.co. So it's a CO, not .com. Pretty much, yeah, those are the two avenues. And as soon as you get to my LinkedIn page, you can see the events listed right there. Great. We'll link to all that in the show notes. Uh, again, thank you for, for being on. And thank you, everyone who tuned in today. Don't forget to follow the Agent of Wealth on the platform you listen from and leave us a review of the show. 
We're currently accepting new clients, and if you'd like to schedule a one-on-one consultation with our advisors, please do so at bowdasfinancial.com backslash call. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning. 